0: are bottom of the smash mountain i would like to thank my patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsm pod for continuing to support me and what i'm doing big shout outs to my senior producers in particular we have my mom and dad love y'all we have ventus official and pk smoky and speaking of pk smoky the most recent breakthrough in the the eternal project is coming out with the voiced episode one like actual voicing over the over the graphic novel so for those of you who are interested in checking that out there you go now you can check it out and also joining me tonight, we have Mishmash Gaming's very own Seven, who is deep in the sauce of college and making time for me to come onto the podcast, has a real microphone because they are also a voice actor. Let's go. That's super fun. Something I always thought would be fun to do. But Seven's actually out here doing it, dealing with web files and everything. And Seven, <laughs> I appreciate you joining me once again. Welcome to the show. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you for having me, man.
0: I'm so excited so we had met at the baltimore monthly tournament down there like as, as for, 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 for those of you who don't know baltimore is a city in maryland big city big city let's go raven so i went down there with some other 717 gamers from lancaster shout outs to bard aka neil he and a couple of others um the turn in the tournament down there there's a weekly as well so anybody who's near baltimore should check that out okay we met there you and i and i noticed you mainly because you were wearing an mmg jersey but also because i had seen your chic while doing a couple of commentary spots with sloth and some of the other people who were there as well and you didn't have the most amazing first place finish or anything like that and i was curious to hear your perspective on how the tournament went so i came up and said hello and then uh, just eventually end with inviting you onto the podcast. I felt a little selfish, but I didn't immediately start with that. I don't remember starting with that. I remember asking you how you felt the tournament went, but here we are a couple months later. That was in July already. Jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Time flies by. And, uh, and so we were talking about how you're busy with college and stuff. There's all kinds of right now stuff happening, but I always love hearing about how people get into melee. So I'd be interested in hearing from that from you first, if you don't mind starting at the beginning. How did you get into melee seven?
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay. So it started back in middle school. Um, someone who was, uh, a then friend, uh, kind of after middle school, we drifted apart Um, got me into Melee. Um, Originally, we were both playing League. And then he found, I think it was Evo. What would that be? Evo 2016? I think it was Armada Hungry Box. And he was like, Stefano, we got to start playing this game. (laughs) And so on my $300 laptop, I downloaded Melee. I plugged in my Xbox 360 controller and I got to work. And then after we stopped becoming friends, I just became a huge smash ladder grinder. And then
0: uh, that took me to here. Okay, so Anther's Ladder, the original delay-based netcode you were grinding on there. I know not a whole lot, but I know that Ginger was like the number one player for a while on Anther's Ladder, that kind of thing. So uh, there was also open chat. You could say anything you wanted. So very dangerous, potentially explosive situation. So I'm interested in hearing from you. What were some of the things that you think could come over to Slippy right now? And what were some things that you don't want to come over to Slippy right now?
1: Okay, so I actually uh, met all of my friends from Smash Ladder um, because I, the second that my old friend and I weren't friends anymore, I was really desperate for people like for like friends in the community, right? And so I made a netplay crew named Synergy, and I made a Discord, and I would post every. Every freaking day in chat, and I'll be like, hey, I started a Netplay crew. Please join me. And um, that was back in 2016. And I ended up making lifetime friends from that group. Uh, people such as Warmer, um, Akir, Eve. Um, some other people are Axis, um, Harlow or um, Halloween, I think is uh, what she goes by when she plays Melee. All of these people are like lifetime friends of mine that I made through that server. So That's really I cool. love the open chat, but it shouldn't be there. Don't <laughs> Slippy made a wonderful decision in having like the maximum toxic like toxicity being spamming lull and then leaving.
0: Yes. You know? Or refusing the press start and, and beginning the next match. That too.
1: Yeah. I got some <laughs> awful, awful messages back in the day. It was it was the wild
0: west of melee. So I heard one name in particular and I want to clarify. Are we talking about penn state axis or new jersey axis new jersey axis AXIS. tl yes let's go new jersey axis is a friend of the show and axis has been on the podcast before i love axis who enters quite the amount of stuff for somebody who's literally running tournaments as well just all melee pilled so much love to axis let's go Yeah, I love Todd. He's a great friend of mine. If you're watching this, hi, Todd. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) Big shout outs. Let's go, Todd. You know what? I'm going to try to type that in as I also move on to the next bit where you are now getting into the game enough that when 2019 rolls around, you're a few years in. Are you still playing as Sheik at this point? Are you experimenting with characters, going to live in-person tournaments? Or are you still mostly just staying on Smash Ladder?
1: So the float or like the the timeline for me was from like 2016 to 2018. I only really entered netplay stuff, and for about the first year and a half, two years, I didn't have a main. I've switched around. To, like you can ask any of my friends from back then. I tried maining about every single character in the freaking cast. I tried maining. And a fun fact uh, Akir Joey from Florida, he would do a thing where if I ever tried playing a mid tier or a low tier, he would play as toxic against me as possible to get me to switch. But he was like, this is the real world. I-, I tried maining Mewtwo and he would Falco laser spam against me. And I was like, this sucks. And he was like, yeah. And this is your life if you main Mewtwo. So uh, we can credit him and my other friends with eventually getting me to Sheik around 2018. And then from 2018 to now, I've only played Sheik. If you ever play against my secondaries, they're absolutely awful.
0: Okay, but all right, you were just talking about specifically Falco lasers, and I always feel that when I play my not very good Sheik, somebody just spams lasers against me, and I go, oh, all I can do is jump over these things because I don't know how to, I, don't, I can't power shield them. I'm not good enough to be able to do that. Let's just start out by saying, I'm not good enough to go better than O2 at the moment. So I'm going, hey. this is so frustrating. Sheik is so frustrating. Then I watch somebody like JMook or JFlex play, and I go, oh, Sheik is amazing. But Sheik that's is so the problem. I'm 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 not able to bridge the gap you know
1: i credit um a lot of my like so for example i'm like not to to my own horde not to be regulars. i'm very good at like power shielding narrative shield a lot of my out of shield options are very strong and um a lot of that was because there was a i think it was like 2019 i went to my grandparents place for about a month i had no internet connection i had a crt and i had uncle punch uncle punch like just came out at the time and I grinded Reaction Tech Chasing, Power Shielding, Amps teching. And those things are like still really solid in my play today because I, I was like a monk in the mountains. But just for 31 <laughs> days, there was a, I shit you not, Cypher. There was a day where I tech chased for five and a half hours in a row. All I did was stare at the screen. Like I did nothing but practice solo <laughs> practice. Like it was, it was actually at the time the only, because uh, the internet was really bad there. The only person who was willing to play with me was Todd. That's how me and him met was, uh, you know, I helped him try to improve at the time because he just got into the game and he was willing to put up with my horrible Wi-Fi. <laughs>
0: That's so funny to me that just just imagining someone actually going to the lengths and effort that we all sort of joke about a little bit. And I think there are real tech chasing grinders and tech skill grinders in general. They are out there. I love watching, on the very spare occasions that I get to do this, the early morning JoJo streams where JoJo is just grinding out certain tech skill or just simply practicing. And that's the commitment that JoJo has to getting better with Falcon up in the New York area. So shout out to JoJo. I... I have such a hard time doing the solo practice thing. So for you, it's of course you say to yourself, well, what else am I gonna do? I'm really invested in the game, but I don't know how realistic it is to say to everybody who says they like melee like myself, now go and grind tech skill, my son. I don't I don't feel inspired <laughs> to do it when somebody tells me to. One of our tech, gr- tech monsters, excuse me, I'm talking about the kitchen table in, in Lancaster, The kitchen table can do so many crazy things as Fox, and you know it's because he spends so much time practicing, and he says to me, just a little bit at a time, just a little bit at a time, when he's encouraging me to to do it myself, and I go, ah, it's going to take me such a long time, though, and that's what I struggle with.
1: It does. I, so obviously don't do what I did. Don't. And honestly, the only reason why I was able to do that was because I was like 15 years old at the time. I had nothing else to do over the summer. Now being a college student and having to manage, you know, voice acting, my fraternity, my friends, melee, I don't have time to barely play, let alone solo practice. So I don't blame you. Um, but that being said, it, those things, in my opinion, are like actually a cheat code to start doing a lot better at like the low to intermediate level is just a really grinding punish game so just do it like 15 minutes do do it two times 15 minutes a day when you wake up before you like whenever you have a melee session going before you start your melee session and once your melee session ends give yourself 15 minutes each time move around practice tech chasing a bit but don't go like too overboard and eventually like give yourself like a month of doing that by the end of it you'll feel a lot better in my opinion
0: You know what? That's a really good idea. I like the way that you phrase it. If you're going to play mainly anyway, just give yourself time not just to sit down and start playing and mindlessly side being because that is something that I'm guilty of. (laughs) I could just do a little bit of the tech skill stuff, just a little bit before and after. I like that idea. That's really cool. I was at the local last night, and before we started playing in bracket, there were people who were trying to pay attention to the TO while they were going through their whole welcome to the first local back from COVID, blah, 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 and I'm just trying to do wave dashes because I'm still not very good. Uh, like I said, I, I don't play melee often enough and I've started very, very late in this whole metagame process. It's not like I started playing competitive melee years and years ago. That was only in last year of 2021. So I was just focusing on doing that. I'm sorry. Sean, I did hear you while you were welcoming everybody to the tournament. I was just also trying to get a little bit of last minute practice in before bracket. Still went on to though.
1: Ah <laughs> uh, hey, one of these days I have a one friend who uh, just I have a friend, Flip, Alex, who just got into um, Melee like a, like two years ago, and he's only really started taking it seriously the past few months. And, I mean, he broke O2 for like the first time over the summer, but he's still like 1-2 or O2. We all start somewhere.
0: Oh, and then there are people who occasionally, this doesn't happen super often once you get to a certain level, but you can still potentially go 0-2 if you're not paying attention or if you're saying, I'm just going to do secondaries today. People can still yeah. surprise you. You know, you you haven't heard of somebody and they go, oh, I play Slippy. That was one of my favorite things about Riptide was hearing that a couple of people who most of the community didn't necessarily know were actually really good because they were just grinding Slippy and then were able to go better than 0-2 that were able to go 1-2 or 2-2, that kind of thing mm-hmm i kind of did that eh, actually no
1: i kind of sucked when i began at mdva but i got i would say i went from like placing like one two to like five tournaments later starting to hit like ninth seventh like that area of like like um uh we had a, a monthly back in the day called unity that uh tyler swift or dan hosted um and i think uh cypher phoenix also worked on that one but yeah i like quickly started getting like better and better and people were like where like this kid comes to a tournament, leaves for three months and come back. And then like does like significantly better what's going on. <laughs> and it was like, at the time, I didn't have anybody to drive me besides my parents. So, you know, they would only drive me out an hour and a half there and back every now and then. But Smash Ladder allowed me to continue grinding and uh, getting to where I was
0: today and proving the people wrong of going mm, like it's that it's that meme of the doge basically being like oh frame delay all oh, eating my inputs and you're the strong one going that's still good practice and still playing melee <laughs> i was
1: playing on a laptop with like horrible horrible <laughs> like 60 first of all 60 hertz laptop awful input delay and I was still playing just because I didn't at the time like you know ignorance is bliss I was just too dumb to realize (laughs) that I wasn't playing real melee I like I only play on CRTs at tournaments and stuff like that
0: and, and you then didn't play. Also, you didn't play enough of the CRT that you were going back and going. Oh, this is like night and day. You might have said to yourself, "That's oh, okay. It's it's better on the CRTs at the tournament, but this is still doable. This is still doable."
1: Yeah, and especially at the time, a lot of the things that I was learning weren't necessarily tied to um you know that very like like you know i I didn't need the fluidity of a crt or a 144 hertz monitor to start to get an understanding of you know how does neutral work what are my options you know against these characters at low percent medium percent how do i confirm into kills what are my edge guards things like that
0: and so how did covid change your relationship to melee especially after slippy came out
1: Oh, my God. I became an addict. It was. <laughs> <laughs> so I should specify. Um, I, like, Sigma grind set in my way through ninth and 10th grade. Like, you know, got a lot of AP credits, got a lot of stuff out of the way. By 11th grade, uh, when COVID hit um, in March, all my classes I had, like, A's in, and the teachers weren't doing anyth- anything else that was worthwhile, so I could just blow off my schoolwork and play Melee all day. And then when I hit senior year, I was only taking – two classes at the high school and one at the local community college because I had done everything else I needed to to graduate so literally I would log on for like AP calc at nine in the morning get out of like 10 30 and then play melee for the rest of the day I was playing melee like multiple hours every day entering like three tournaments a day I was fiending because I had nothing else to do
0: and you're starting to get really good now you're you're the kind of player who is making all those falcos feel like i can never get out of these grabs oh but i can quit out <laughs> ooh oh my gosh it's awful there's uh i love just um especially on
1: unranked doing grab is like the very first neutral opener just like <laughs> reading them running in on the ground and i'll like i think my favorite was like it was like 2.3 seconds in the game we like got in ran down boost grabbed lra start quit out i was like oh my god slippy's ruining us <laughs> we're animals god damn it
0: <laughs> and so now that you're so busy with college work, and we can talk about that a little bit, but I'm curious just to tie this these two thoughts together, where you used to play a lot of unranked Melee and direct with people as well on Slippy, is when ranked eventually does release, and everybody starts to learn, I can't just quit out. How much do you think that's going to benefit people like you, where you have been born on the internet, molded by the internet? You didn't see a CRT until you were a grown man, that kind of thing as from Dark Knight rises. And so yeah. I'm curious about if you're if you're feeling as if your chances to have a really nice opener for melee ranked on Slippy, how what your chances are would be to masterfully take over the ranked scape.
1: I okay, so before Smash Ladder eventually uh became less and less active in kind of the peak of like when it was COVID and everybody was playing but Slippy hadn't come out yet. Yes. I hit I think I was 52nd, 53rd on the on the ladder. Um, and I was like master rank. And that was I know that this is so cringy, but you gotta hear me out. When I started playing, Smash Ladder was my life. And I was like bronze two, bronze three, you know, and I like vowed to myself I was like 13, I was like, before like before I never touch this website again, I'm hitting master. Like that is my. I knew that like Grand Smasher was like out of Ivy. That's like the really really good. Like that's like top one hundred guys, right? But I was like, I can hit Master. I can do this. And like six years later, I did it. And now I'm. I am i am kind of want to see. I'm sure that it's going to be a lot harder to get into those higher ranks with how many just the sheer amount of people that are going to be playing Slippy online. Oh my gosh, for yes. Slippy rank versus Smash Ladder. But I would like to see myself in like a Platinum Diamond, whatever that uh, w- whatever that rank ends up being. Uh, definitely above like. Gold level, but who knows? Maybe, maybe I, maybe I get thrown on the top echelon. We'll see.
0: But it's tough because like like we're talking about, you've gotten into voice acting. That's something else that you've really fallen in love with, uh, since you've started doing it. And then with college you are in like a, you're not just doing classes, you're also in a theater production, which is insane. So True. I'm curious in hearing from you. Wait, did you say two? I'm in two. <laughs> oh my god, I'm there's losing my with you. mind. So oh sorry, I
1: didn't interrupt you. Were we what was your question?
0: I was saying there's something wrong with you. No, please tell me I would love to hear about both theater productions which one is your favorite you can't pick favorites but you can and you probably will unless you cop out which is fine it's all good you can answer it however you want to in the words of sean evans uh, you don't have to if you don't want to
1: Okay, so my, um, for reference, I go to a uh, university in Illinois known as Bradley University. Um, It's in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. It's about a 13-hour drive from Maryland. Um, But our fall productions are um, September 16th to 17th. We're doing Voices from Ukraine, which is a composite. It's a collection of a lot of, um, you know, like, few scene like you know like three scene or even just monologues um like one act plays um from ukrainian playwrights that are being um basically commissioned by this group to create plays about the war going on in russia and they get rewarded like um like money like a grant in return right and so and then the whole point of um the productions is that it's free to come in, but you know, it's a charity thing. So anything that's donated goes straight to um, you know, Ukrainian relief. Um, and I think that's the one that I'm really passionate about right now because first of all, um rehearsal for the other production hasn't started yet. But also, um this one feels more meaningful. Um the other production we're doing is Hearts Like This, which is like a noir comedy. Right. And it's it's fun. It's enjoyable. There's, you know, fun fight choreography going on. You know, there's uh, a lot of funny scenes, but there's nothing really there below the surface to like take away from the show. And that's like the thing that got me into theater was like. I want to have an influence on these people. I want these people to come in and see my performance and see my production and uh, walk away, like, you know, maybe thinking about, you know, how they treat other people, how they treat themselves, how they treat the world, their, you know, thoughts on worldviews. And so Voices from Ukraine is giving me the opportunity to do that, and I couldn't be more grateful
0: that's really cool to hear and uh, it probably makes everybody who's involved with the other production feel kind of silly for not also being involved with voices of ukraine how much crossover is there
1: um (laughs) it's actually funny you say that i'm the only person who was casted in both they said they said i i shit you not this will these will have exclusive casting there will be no double casting because otherwise like you know schedules is going to be awful and then they said you steveno you're in both and i was like i'm in both and they were like yes and luckily they only gave me <laughs> they gave me two minor characters i have like i think a total of three scenes which is like fine cool but still oh my gosh i'm gonna be in i'm gonna be on a rehearsal schedule of monday to saturday from last week to november 16th so uh and also rehearsals are six thirty to ten thirty. so god have mercy on my soul
0: yes I feel so sorry for you, except when I remember that you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. You auditioned for both. <laughs> I did do
1: this to myself. It's actually, I only auditioned for, or like we auditioned for all three. So there's um, a Christmas Carol radio play, which is going on in December. And so they decided to cast me in both. So I, I did audition. I did put myself in that situation, but they also were the ones who double casted me
0: but you could still you're not forced to be One year, like imagine if i'm just minding my own business and bradley university calls me and says oh by the way we casted you and i go wait what they're like yeah you have to get out <laughs> here or we're sending the, we're sending the bradley ninjas to come and get you and i go i have a life here and they just it's get a- that look in their eyes when they go you can't get away you're coming in and
1: that's actually <laughs> kind of what they sent the bradley ninjas after me i um wasn't planning on auditioning this semester i was like there's a lot going on in my life there's a lot of things that i want to that i want to work on maybe i don't and then the heads of the theater department or the, the, the heads of the theater department were mm. like you should really audition for this and i was like Never. and they were like you're auditioning for this and i was like okay um their reasoning was very justifiable i'm in the performance concentration and uh they were like hey it would be really beneficial for you to start like auditioning and being a part of productions like that's where you're going to be getting most of your practice as an actor so you know really think about doing this and i was like
0: i guess what's the worst that can happen (laughs) just being insanely busy and uh, not having time to be on my podcast I can't believe it <laughs> I'm so sorry no it's okay it I'm, I'm teasing the day. I am teasing I didn't get back to you soon enough after our July conversation because I have a like a like a schedule of stuff out right and then I go to you seven and you go I'm going to school this is going to be very hard to do <laughs> so I this is actually a, a, a credit to you that you that you're making the time I mean I wanted to talk about voice acting so let's do that I'm interested in hearing what show specifically made you think to yourself this person is doing such a cool thing right now and I would love for it to be something out of the blue like I guess maybe maybe uh, what's his name Ugh. King of the Hill um, gosh uh, Hank Hill partner. excuse me but Hank it's Hill. probably not Hank Hill who got you in
1: Um, so I have a poster right here of um, oh. Ryuji from persona five all uh, right and basically the story behind this was um the three there um there's three voice actors that uh are we're in a lot of shows together there's uh max middleman robbie Daymond, and ray chase they were doing a marathon live stream of them playing through persona five and that was like a huge thing that got me into voice acting i com- i commissioned a signed print and i just put in the special thank you note i was like hey uh max middleman your role as ryuji was a huge part in getting me into voice acting i recently booked my first official gig um and i couldn't thank you enough and then he was like oh my gosh you know can we all like you know and they were all super excited for me and they were like we can't wait to see you and more stuff you know hopefully we get to work on projects together and then he wrote uh to stefano congratulations on your first gig uh max middleman and i have carried this around with me since it's been like one of my favorite keepsakes um and honestly that's that's my goal before I die I want to work on a project with Max Mendelman <laughs>
0: I think that you have a very good chance of making that happen. We're already off to a really good start. I mean, how cool? It's basically to you, if if I were to have somebody who I would really look up to, say like, uh, Bill Russell recently passed away and I always thought that Bill Russell was the coolest. I always thought it would be cool to meet him in person and if he ever would meet me and say to me something to the effect of, you know, this is a situation, but this is why it's funny, and then he would do his Bill Russell laugh, that would have been like a moment that I would tell my kids about, the kids that yeah. I literally have by the way that's one of the reasons why i'm busy but anyway that would be super cool for you to work with max middleman so let's make it happen what what would you what would your idea of being in the same scene where you have your character max middleman has his character what would be a fun scene in your mind to be able to play around with
1: Ooh, um that's a really tough one because funnily enough a lot of my Um, The reason why I like Max Middleman a lot is that we have similar vocal prints, which means, you know, I've been trying to think about how much I can and can't say here. Um, There's been a lot of people that are looking for a Max Middleman, but don't have the money for a Max Middleman. So they find me. Right. Uh,
0: Well, this is probably pretty common. A lot of people want Robert Downey Jr., but you can't just say I want Robert. Like I would love for Robert Downey Jr. to co-host my podcast with me. It's not happening. No shot.
1: Yeah, you know, the, like the when you get into that higher talent, you're looking at higher budgets. You're looking at, you know, actual union status. Um, a lot of those things are non-negotiable. And so people come to me looking for a youthful, energetic, fun voice print, which is what Max is kind of known for. Uh, a lot of his biggest roles are kind of that, that, um, that voice. Um, but I've also been dabbling in a lot of... Um, I don't want to say villain work, but I've recently been ca- been getting cast more and more in an antagonistic role. I would love to play like a a batshit crazy antagonist where, you know, Max is somehow involved in the scene as, you know, kind of on the other side. Um, but yeah, no, I literally, like there's, there's a handful of voice actors that I like keep up to date with regularly. I love them. I idolize, or not idolize them, but I, I definitely look up to them as kind yeah. of like, mm-hmm. I want to be that skilled and in these type of projects one day. Um, Like some of which are like Robbie Daymond in A Silent Voice is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Kyle McCarley as uh, 9S in Near Automata. That's one of my favorite video games ever. Um, Sean Chiplock as Subaru in ReZero. J. Michael Tatum as Okabe in Steins Gate. These are all people that I, if I ever had the chance to work on a show with them or a game, I could die happy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: and so basically we need to get you up to union status then i guess that's sort of the the trick there
1: i need to continue on my grind set
0: yep continue the grind set what would be something that you worked on recently? What was sort of the character supposed to be? If you've done more antagonistic roles, is it just sort of the thing of let me explain my let me explain my plan to you, good guy? Because that's what a lot of bad guys do. They love explaining things to the to the good guys. Is that kind of what you are used to doing recently?
1: Um so the most recent villain work I've done is um tied to Hearts Like This actually cuz they were uh, the the department was trying to decide between having me in just Hearts Like Fists as the main antagonist or double casting me when giving me a smaller role in Hearts Like Fists. And so they had me doing a lot of work as Dr. X, who is this, you know, I think the, the playwright actually describes him as an abomination, uh, like an awful looking creature. Um, And he's a serial killer. He's a doctor serial killer that injects lovers with a lethal poison to kill them while they're like, you know, sleeping in bed happy because he believes that heartbreak is inevitable and he wants to kill them while they're happy. Um, So that's some fun villain work I've gotten to do recently. Uh, Unfortunately, in the voice acting world, a lot of my uh, current work is all under non-disclosure agreements, which sucks. So I can't talk too much about it.
0: That's perfectly fine
1: a lot of my work has seemed to a lot of my like um typecast has kind of fallen into um not necessarily like charming evil man but kind of good guy led astray and now is like what's the point let's fuck everything up right (laughs) nothing matters you know that type of character and it's like they're a poor lost soul
0: is it bad to assume that most people that are in our age bracket have some degree of nihilism anyway is that what they're is that what they're saying to us they go oh you're young you probably think the world's fucked up yeah
1: (laughs) i think for me it's a lot of um I can, I don't know why, but I can really play into the feeling of just, like, hopelessness. Like, w- w- like yeah, like you said, like nihilism. Maybe it's just because Gen Z is kind of fucked. We've been through a lot of shit. We have a lot of uh, stuff on our plate. It's like, oh, the world is going to die soon. The temperatures are rising. There's guns everywhere. There are shootings happen every day. And it's like, you know, what's the point? and uh it sucks because obviously it's um it can get really unhealthy to play into your own personal life throwing that into a character um it could possibly lead to you reliving traumatic moments but i end up using that a lot of like a lot of my acting is based in like you know if i was this character how would i feel like having went through his experiences, went through his moments, you know, losing, you know, his friends, his family, whoever, um, you know, possibly, you know, learning that his life is meaningless. Like, you know, all of these things kind of play into like, and then trying to find the parallels in my life. Right. Um, and then basing it off of that, that feeling of hopelessness, that feeling of like misery and kind of basking in it.
0: Hopefully that makes sense. You're talking about, okay, so what I did, what I was um, trained is a strong word for high school, but the I took a... Again, this is such a small-scale little thing, but advanced acting. I took a little class on advanced acting. We're talking about what is the method to the madness. I would ask questions like, are you supposed to lose yourself in your character or what? And they say you're supposed to find yourself in a character. And I'd go, oh. But one of the things that they talked about was substitution acting where they say, you don't want to go method per se where you're living out that person's life, something that Tom Hanks is known to do. And I think... I wanted to say Robert De Niro for a second, but I'm getting Robert De Niro confused for Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman likes to do method, but substitution acting basically being the process of just put your feelings, your feelings into the character, and that will translate into how that character is supposed to feel.
1: Yeah. So um, actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a huge misconception about method acting. So we're going to have a fun little history lesson with me real very, very quickly. Please clarify Um, it. I need it. So method acting actually wasn't originally living your character. It was based in um, teachings from Stanislavski, who was a um, Russian, excuse me, director, actor, huge, huge influence on um, theater as it is today. And uh, method acting was his um, kind of theory about acting as he worked with psychologists uh, at the time. And it was the idea of, um, basically it's it's a rule of inverse, right? if you are feeling a certain way and as such you do a certain action for example um i'm really mad at you so i shove you as hard as i can right mm-hmm. um it also works in inverse if i need to evoke a feeling of frustration of get the hell off me merely shoving you even if i don't feel it then that act will trigger that those feelings in my brain right Um, it can be the same thing as, you know, let's say that you're holding someone who's supposed to be dead on stage and you're kind of rocking them back and forth right or maybe it's using your two fingers and shutting their eyes those physical actions will promote the physio- or those physiological actions will promote the psychological response in your brain um and then so that was the original method acting and it and it's it's true it's proven by science it's something that like i use um even when voice acting sometimes all mimic actions that the character is doing right at the time obviously i can't get too into it or else then you get like cloth uh, rubbing noises in the microphone yes um but, you know, it, it could be merely, you know, your stance. Maybe you're hunched over. Maybe your hands are on your hips. Maybe you're, you know, all of these things play into, uh, like, what, what method acting originally was. And then it's kind of been uh, amalgamated into this idea of, like, you know, Jared Leto has to send his castmates dead rodents in the mail and, you know, to, to play the role of the Joker. Or he has to literally still be in a wheelchair on break while filming for Morbius. Because uh, Michael Morbius was uh, like in a wheelchair before he got his like vampire powers, right? Mm. Um, so that's that's the aura, the origination of method acting, right? But um, something that they taught me, like going off of what you said about um losing yourself in the character, that's the one thing they said, like that was code red, right? There basically exists two realities as you're an actor, right? Reality one, which is the actual state of things. You're an actor on stage. There's blocking that you need to memorize. There's, you know, when you leave the scene, when you come back to the scene, you know, there's, you know, all of those things. And then there's also reality two, which is your castmate is your brother or your castmate is your worst enemy who killed your father. Um, And basically you need to find this middle ground between being able to tap into reality too, when you're discussing with, uh, like with the other, uh, while also remembering everything from reality one, your lines, your blocking, your choreography, you know, all of those things.
0: And so when you are doing voice acting work and you're trying to be able to do all of this just through your voice, I hear just the occasional, uh, just the occasional bit about voice acting where I feel like a lot of people, they're they're getting these voice acting roles because they have a great voice. It sounds as if when they speak, they're doing something super cool off the bat. You know, people like Jeff Bridges, how many other humans in the world can sound almost exactly the same as jeff ridges or morgan freeman or whoever and of course i'm not discrediting impersonation people's uh, you can do those things just fine i'm sure but i feel like a lot of people get uh, get a benefit of the doubt but then they'll still put out something really solid because i'll look at a movie like surf's up which came out in 2007 or 2006 the same year as happy feet so i guess that would be 2008 well, you get it. It's Shia LaBeouf, it's Jeff Bridges, it's Zoe Deschanel as the three main cast for an animated movie about penguins who surf, and I always loved the voice acting work in there and. I just didn't, wouldn't have assumed that someone like Jeff Bridges, that's the person who you want to have to be like the old washed up surfer pro who's abandoned the scene, but he does a great job with it. And I'm always interested in hearing like what exactly goes into voice acting other than showing up and going me me, 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 and then you get to work. So how's it for you?
1: Um. So, how I personally describe voice acting is that it's like standard acting, but kind of on crack. Um, <laughs> you. So for example, let's use Voices from Ukraine, which is a short, I don't even have to memorize the lines and Voices from Ukraine. Actually, you know what? Let's not use Voices from Ukraine because that's a little bit different. Let's use Hearts Like This, right? Hearts Like This rehearsal starts next week and it's going to run into October and then it's going to run into most of November. So more or less about two months of rehearsal. Um, during that time, you need to memorize lines. You're going to get to know your castmates a lot, you know, possibly, you know, go out to drink with them, go out to party with them, right? Those people are going to become your friends. You're going to get to know production, right? Um... And then at the end of the day you have a phenomenal show that all of you guys have worked months on that you put on for an audience voice acting you get into the booth so let's you get the audition from your casting agent you audition you know possibly you know they want more from you you get whatever you get the role right uh in the case of remote recording you set up a date to record you get in and then for anywhere from the next like two to four hours um you don't know nothing. You know nothing about the project when you get into it. Sometimes you don't even know the name of the game or the animation. It's a it's a it's a placeholder name. Sometimes you don't even know what your character looks like. You're just given text. You're really lucky if you get a photo. Um, so, and most of the time, you don't even get other characters' lines, right? And then you have to run through. And you gotta act fast. You gotta make bold choices. You gotta be good to work with with the director, easy to work with, um, and you you have to be efficient because most of the time you're gonna be recording all of these things in one day. Maybe if it's um like a simulcast, like if it's like an anime, um you're gonna be coming in every week to record so you get more comfortable with uh, castmates that way. But everything that I have recorded for, I record it all, um, I send it in, and then a about three months later sometimes like for example episode two of something i recorded for for a year and a half ago came out last week um wow yeah and i did not get to see like i'm the deuteragonist right so there's there's a second protagonist i have no idea who she is but her and my character are best friends right like i've talked with her two times so voice acting is very weird because you have to deliver a very authentic and convincing performance without any of the chemistry that you get in television acting, in live acting, right? So a lot of that work is using your imagination to uh, kind of create the scenario in your head, right? A lot of uh, what they teach in live acting is working off of the other. You know, every every scene, your character has a goal. And then it's a matter of trying to achieve that goal through tactics, Right. And then that's how you get variation in your lines and your delivery and you work with things until you find something that's right. Um, So you have to kind of think to yourself as a voice actor, what are my goals with this other character? What What tactics should I try messing around with in my deliveries to eventually find something that the director likes and says, let's roll with that. Right. But you don't you don't really get to see them.
0: So basically, when you're doing voice acting, you're playing as Link in Melee, and then live acting, you get to actually play with a high tier and actually have uh, an easier time winning and having success playing the game. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's basically like that, yeah. Um, With uh, a crude but somewhat accurate description?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, There are definitely benefits to voice acting work, Um, in my opinion, um... I'm really bad at memorizing lines. I have an awful, awful memory, um, which I have to work on if I'm going to be doing live theater. But with voice acting, you have the script right in front of you. Um, you also get the benefit of t- uh, do-overs, right? Let's say you try a line and you're like, mm, I didn't like how that was. You know, you can say, you know, let's try that one again. You can uh, most of the time that you usually indicate it by a snap or a clap. So that way in the audio file, if you're the audio engineer, you can see that there's a huge uh, line and then you can just cut out the line before that. Um, But, you know, the director also is able to give you live feedback. They're like, hey, we need more projection. We need more energy. This scene needs to be a tearjerker. This scene, you know, your character is considering suicide. Right. They're able to give you all of those things that you need to eventually get the line down in the way that they're looking for.
0: I've heard them talk about I've heard on the the last avatar sorry the last airbender, when I heard some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that Dante Bosco gets into with his co-host, and I can't remember her name, but she plays as Korra in The Legend of Korra, so I'm sorry for not remembering your name, but what I'm saying is, is that in their podcast about all things Avatar, they're talking about how the episodes are made and specifically how the voice acting work goes, and you usually don't play across from fellow voice actors, you have the director in the room, or if you're remote, you have them on the call, and then you just go, and so there's a lot of trust that you have to put into what that director is doing doing and how they want each line to sound because what ultimately I'm impressed by the most is hearing or, or watching movies where it's voice acting and you can almost sense as if they were actually in the same room or playing off of each other, whereas... Most movies or some movies that that doesn't ever happen at all. Like the the actors never actually are in the same room or they don't have like scenes where they're on the same call doing that. I guess for things like Bob's Burgers, everyone's on the same call or they're all on the same the same studio room with mic'd up and doing all that fun stuff. So that comes across as well. But I'm always impressed by things like Avatar The Last Airbender because those characters sound like they're talking to each other and that wasn't always the case or not the case at all, depending on the episode. So the way that um, I feel like um, they kind of achieve
1: that is through pickups. So what usually happens is everybody records their lines individually and then um, once everybody kind of gets you know, uh, the the director finds a satisfactory take of the line that they think could possibly work in the final show. They place everything in, and then they go back and they look at the nuances of when characters are speaking to one another, how believable is it that someone talks to them in this way and they respond in that way, right? And then at that point, you go in with the director and they're like, sometimes they'll even have the audio file and they can play it for you. So that way they're not in the room, but you're like, I'm hearing this certain sass, you know, in this line, I'm gonna give a little bit of sass back, right? um this character seems really upset with me whoa i'm really defensive now like you're getting way worked up and like it's different because maybe they got really you know like they interpreted that line as being very worked up and getting a little bit you know angry or whatever but when you're reading it through on the paper it's just a statement yes right so you didn't know at that time. So pickups are how you get that. Uh, oh my gosh, I don't have a pop filter on this microphone. You just heard that plosive, my bad. Um, but pickups is how you get that kind of authenticity sound. Or um, there is multi, I'm forgetting the specific name of it. Oh my gosh, my voice acting coach is going to kill me. Um, <laughs> but there is a term for a session where all of the voice actors are in the same room. Um, a show that I know does this is Invincible on Amazon Prime. Yep. Um where I remember seeing a behind-the-scenes footage where it's the three of them. It's J.K. Simmons, it's uh, Steve Yoon, and I'm forgetting the mother actor. Oh, shoot, I'm so sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry. uh, They're they're all in the same room, and they're going going through this um, line by line. But you run into a lot of complications there because, um, for example, if you speak while someone else is speaking, the take is ruined. If you're moving around and your clothes makes a noise that can't be removed by audio engineers... The take is ruined. You know, if someone breaks character because a line is really funny. The entire take is ruined. Um, so there's a lot of difficulty in um, getting those set up. And there needs to be a lot of professionalism in the actors to do everything right. And hopefully get it right the first, like in the, within the first couple of tries.
0: Because mm-hmm, you have to go through an entire episode or at least one scene. Hopefully one scene. Y'all, I want lunch. So let's please get this right. Let's get this scene right. And I bet the other people are messing up. And J.K. Simmons is going like, not, Not my quite tempo. my tempo. <laughs> faster. Faster. Oh, so you I, do I know what rhythm it. is.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> I fucking love whiplash. <laughs> I
0: haven't even I haven't even seen that movie. The only reason why I've seen that scene is because it's the most iconic scene from that movie. Everybody's you know, you're on As YouTube and eventually it just comes up. <laughs> Yeah, but they perfect- also made a they also made a melee like a Beyond the Summit version of that where it's wobbling. fat is trying to learn wobbling, and Bananas is coaching him. Going, that's not quite my wobbling tempo. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. That must be so funny. No, you should check oh. it out. I'll 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 link it to you. So we're getting in the. So we've we've gotten lost in the sauce in the in the voice acting, and I'm interested in hearing in one more. One more question, I guess. What would be a role that you know you can't have, but you would love to be able to be able to magic yourself into having it? Maybe it's being Omni-Man from Invincible or something else being, I guess, a pro- protagonist from a Disney movie. Whatever it happens to be in your mind. And I think I could say Persona 5 or Persona 3 or the whatever comes next for that franchise, that could be something that you would be really interested in being able to insert yourself into. But what's like the, the dream voice acting role for you?
1: Um, the dream voice acting role for me would probably be nine S from near automata because there's two character. There's like, there's three characters that I usually get casted for. Right. Um, characters who are like kind of losing their mind. They're like starting to break um more kind of more like insane characters right um and like very energetic like best bro uh like stereotype. not i don't want to say stereotype but archetype and then youthful naive full of hope protagonist is like kind of the third and uh 9s combines two of them and i'm not going to get into spoilers but throughout the show or throughout the game he goes from someone who's Super sweet, innocent, naive, kind, empathetic, caring. To by the end of the game, apathetic, literally insane, a murderer, someone who has no purpose in his life. His goal is to kill one other person and then kill himself because he's lost everything else to like uh, that that matters to him. Um, and that game also, personally, is my favorite game. Of like that game, made me think about things. To this day and I finished it a year ago. And so um, That was one that didn't get me into voice acting but cemented that I want to do this as a job Because that game impacted me so much I want to be able to deliver an experience like that to someone else I want to be in like a game or an animation and have my character like the suffering that 9s went through Impacted me. I was crying over this character. I want to, excuse me, I want to have that effect on other people. I want other people to like view a product or a show that I've been in or a game that I've been in and come out of it and be like, you know, first of all, that game was like amazing. But what's in it for like, what do I take away from this? For me, it was like, you know, you don't know when things are going to suddenly disappear. You don't know when life is going to change. For me, like to tie this back to Melee, I used to be a huge Melee grinder. Melee was the only thing in my life and I spent so much time with it. And now that I've gotten away to college, I've started to find more things that I enjoy. I really enjoy theater. I enjoy skateboarding. I enjoy being social, which is something that I wasn't in high school. And what that game taught me was you have to enjoy every moment as if it's your last because you don't know when things are going to change and things change all the time so to to segue that back into melee right now i'm at the point in melee where it's not the same as it was when i was 15. i can't reaction tech chase for five hours a day i can't just practice ledge dashes for three and wake up and you know have practicing melee be my whole routine i mean for fuck's sake i came here three weeks ago and my controller still is not plugged in Mm -hmm. Um, and what that means is like you know i'm entering a, a different part of my life and i you know I enjoyed it for what it what what melee was, and I'm still going to continue playing melee. But sometimes things change, and you just got to roll with the flow, be happy with what it was.
0: I think that it's safe to say that melee will be in your life in some capacity because Forever. you'll 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 get you'll get to a couple tournaments a year because you're busy doing your other things. I think what's really cool is that there. Are that's that's for everybody the game is for everybody you just won't be able to you won't be able to grind for for ranked most likely because you'll just be doing casually be doing two shows at once or if you're doing three shows next semester whenever ranked comes out i'm kind of thinking i mean in my own brain it has to be soon like they keep releasing updates and just showing me this beautiful carrot that i keep chasing after (laughs) but whenever it ends up coming back whenever it comes out you'll be you you're just not going to be in the same spot as you were before to go all right Instagram you have to move on but I thought of another this, this ties into Melee but it's still a voice acting question I typecast you as Captain Falcon do you agree or disagree Do you typecast me as Captain Falcon? Yes, if you were the one to redo Captain Falcon's lines for a Melee HD release, which you would not, but if you were the person, and I had a whole other bunch of people to cast for this person for Kirby, this person for Pikachu, I would picture you as being my Captain Falcon. Will you be my Captain Falcon? (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh, here. Let's let's try this. Do you actually want me to, to do Captain Falcon effort noises from Melee?
0: If you want to do a Captain Falcon effort noise, this is probably about the most appropriate time where you go, this makes the most sense because I'm literally asking you if you want to do one or two. Just, you don't have to do the entire sound test g- gambit, but I was curious if you wanted to try that, or did you want to try Mewtwo? Did you want to try Young Link? Whatever you think you could do uh, the best or that you're most suited for
1: um i think if melee were to actually be redone and they were to keep the same mentality as ultimate where they have an english marth voice actor i think marth is where my voice falls because that kind of falls into the youthful protagonist role of like you know i'm the you know i'm a i'm a prince that's like super you know high class and i don't even know if i'm prepared to you know rule this kingdom or whatever but um i mean let's see like if I'm listening to this is gonna be awful. <laughs> Let's
0: see. Here, let Ooh. me see. Let me see if I could do one or one or two Falcon noises just off of the top of my head. Hold on. I'm gonna do ones that you haven't that you haven't done yet. Ooh. That's dying off the side. <laughs> uh let me do one more. Me, uh, you already did the forward smash one. Um <clears throat> I'm trying to think really hard about how exactly he says Falcon Punch because I watched that Mech clip. Remember how Mech at Shine missed the Falcon Punch against Lucky just this past weekend? But I can't hear Falcon Punch in my brain anymore because all I can hear is Walt screaming, What are you doing? What are you doing? I think
1: he says it in a very specific way. It's
0: like, Falcon! Falcon!
1: punch like it's very like he doesn't say falcon it's there's no pronunciation on the l
0: actually you're right it is it sounds like he's saying falco punch there's like that's it Uh. yeah i don't know whether that's a
1: credit to the the voice actor's actual pronunciation or if that's just compression from it being like (laughs) i'm freaking can you take melee out to drink by this time didn't it come out like september
0: 2001 okay this is a fun fact about captain falcon all through the entire five games of Smash, they have still only used that voice actor's bits from the first recording session for 64. <laughs> Really? Yeah, so when the trailer came out for uh what's that character called from the um from the four uh, Robin? No 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 uh, this character is like the her arms are basically noodles from uh arms oh, Min Min, yes, yes, yes. When Min Min trailer came out, Captain Falcon is like working in the same staff like a uh, restaurant that Min Min is working in, and Sakurai comes back onto the screen and says, Yeah, Min's a character. Fun fact the original voice actor for Falcon for Captain Falcon, this was the first time I've worked with him since nineteen ninety. 98 or 1999, whenever it was. And if you go back and listen to every smash game, it's the same sounds for everything, including even the final smash, because they wanted to do final smashes in 64. So they recorded him going like blue Falcon. And they just, they didn't use it until brawl. That's crazy. I didn't actually know that. It is very cool that like, it can just, it sounds fresh every game. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I was thinking of the boop, like his jumping sound, his double jump sounds. It's literally just like, <laughs> yeah. He's, I think That's my favorite. I can like, handle. <laughs>
1: um, there's a, uh, I-, I love Mario's and Luigi's that, wah, oh, wah, and you know, like the fucking. <laughs> it's uh, the noises that they make is so funny. I think um, I think Melee would be worse off if every character had jump noises. Like, imagine if, like, Falco and Fox were just like, ha, 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 like, every time they jumped. Well, that's how it is with
0: Sheik, by the way. <laughs> by the
1: way. <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Never forget, uh, 22nd of February, 2022 was National Sheik Day. Two, 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 two.
0: This is the year of the Sheik as well. All JMOOC has to do is win one tournament, and this is officially Wait, the yes, year sir. of the Sheik.
1: Please, please, I finally want someone to win a fucking tournament with Sheik, only using Sheik. It kills me. Okay, I'm I am not a doomer when it comes to Sheik. All of these Sheik mans are telling me, "Oh, you can't win a major with Sheik." Oh, puff is <laughs> Shut up! Oh my God, I genuinely think um, these are my hot Sheik takes. Okay, um, let's go so first of all uh chic beats falco 60 40 loses to fox 45 55 loses to puff and icies also like 45 55 i think people think puff is unwinnable you just need to fucking grab like <laughs> you, okay everyone's like oh i'm so scared to grab because i'll get rested then you're grabbing in the wrong spot you can go back and look at um hbox versus JMOok mook at um oh what was that major that just happened uh Rich are you talking died, about right?
0: shine or talking about uh wave dash because their game 10 set uh, grand finals was Wave. Dash and then it was showing yeah, where mook 3-0'd yeah. Hungrybox.
1: yeah so um if you go back to the wave dash set you could see there were so many times where J-Mook could have grabbed because hungry box just wasn't respecting the grab because J-Mook never went for it <laughs> um so anyways uh let's see what are my other takes but there was an uh, adjustment
0: she- because J-Mook got a de- decent amount of grabs against Hungrybox in the shine set where he 3-0'd Hungrybox. box yeah that's what i'm talking about people just like Everybody wants to to doomer pill chic
1: say that she's like six in the game like she does she has slightly losing matchups against Fox Puff Ices but like she wins very handily against Marth like sixty forty like you could even say nah there's no way it's sixty five thirty five but it, it is sixty forty right I mean versus Pete, she does well versus Falco she does well versus Captain Falcon she does well versus um all of like the mid like Yoshi Pika Doc absolutely dominates like. She has a few shaky matchups, but as long as you play them correctly, they're mostly winnable. Like you like, you know, it's hard to play Sheik Ices correctly, but if you play it correctly, it's not that bad.
0: Mm-hmm. And Sorry. I think I think with so I think with J-Mook, we're seeing a lot of that stuff start to come down. But I know yeah. that everybody else who plays as Sheik, whether they're playing because of J-Mook, or if they've just been playing for a long time and are going like, yeah, if J-Mook's finally showing what this character can do. There's probably still amount of Sheiks out there that are still Doomer about it because they're going, well, even though J-Mook is so sick with it, is still not able to put it all together for one tournament run. And it is very hard to solo Sheik and come across an a potential. Wider range of top tier or high tier, I should say, characters like Puff, Sheik, or not Sheik Ditto, sorry, uh, Marth, Falco, Falcon, and so on, and be able to do it all. Because I thought after he beat Box, I thought there's no way that J Mook doesn't take at least one set in grand finals versus Zane, but it didn't happen. Zane is just very, very good at this particular tournament. It's all good. But I feel so confident in saying that J Mook will continue to show the world all these cool, interesting things, not only in the past half or so year that we've seen him play, but as we continue to go into whatever the next phase of his career is in this in this next year or so, however long he's going to be actively competing, hopefully a longer time than just a year. But I, I don't know with some of these newer players, they tend to be here for a hot minute and then disappear and I get mad. I love but, this but, but hopefully we get to see a couple of major wins or super major wins with Jamie Solo shaking the whole time because I thought there's no way he's not going to do Fox versus Hungrybox now after that wave dash because it's game 10. What a heartbreaker because he was up two games to zero in the second set and we all thought, oh, he's going to three Oh, hungry box! But then hungry box reverse three o's him, and I thought, oh, in the chair throw, I, was like, I thought there's no way he's not going to try a fox. But and then in shine, just three o's hungry box, super casual, like a three to one stock comeback on on Dreamland, on Dreamland, Dreamland. Seven. <laughs> wow! Whenever
1: uh, so, even I have a joke where I've beaten my friend. I've beaten Akira in tournament. I've beaten Warmer in tournament uh to this day i have not beaten eve in tournament ever and i joke that like yeah no it's crazy i (laughs) she she teases me about it all the time but it's like um whenever we go dreamland i'm like unfortunately i'm like okay this game is kind of done like every other stage i feel super confident on but versus on dreamland i'm like i'm dying way too early and you're not dying fast enough yes um, that being said, I did beat Limecat on that stage, like two times in a row to win BMW, uh, like one of the weeklies over the summer. So, you know what? Maybe it's more possible and I'm just not giving myself enough, uh, hope, but,
0: but everybody's but, not Jamie. Okay. It's not like all the sheiks true. can just do what Jamie does. Cause otherwise they'd be already doing it.
1: Very true. Although I will say I have, I have a hot take and then a less hot take hot take. Sheik is fourth in the game. Less hot take. Jamie is winning like two super majors by the end. Maybe. All uh, right jmook is definitely winning a super major by the end of this year that's my that's my medium take
0: is is jmook winning specifically the be all end all ludwig invitational where all top 20 players will be in attendance as well as like most of top 32 will all be there if he wins it, I'm
1: becoming a, like a J-Mook groupie. I'm dropping out of college. I'm going to like follow him around. I'll be his number one fan. It's no, actually there's too okay. Many.
0: There's too many people who do that already. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so funny to me. There was actually, I'm pretty sure I can find the date. If I direct message Discord, let me drag over, find or start a conversation, J-Mook. Here we go. <laughs> um, So back in 2020, April of 2021, J-Mook and I went through a bit of time where... From March to April, we went over a lot of VODs together, like co-analysis of Sheik stuff, and it is absolutely crazy to me that someone I did match analysis with is like one of the top players in the world now. Yes. Like, um, if if I obviously like can't show like the 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 DMs over a podcast, but like also I think he follows me on Twitter, unless that's changed. That yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And it's like weird to me because when I first started back in twenty you know like what was it what was it 2016 like the five gods were like untouchable i never thought i'd meet any of them and now i have a clip of Hungrybox popping off after beating me at sob sundays <laughs> I, like jaymo <laughs> follows me on twitter and i've like just distinctly remember going over chic sets with him it's absolutely crazy how like i feel like i went from feeling like such a such a small member of the community where i've never t- touched anything never seen anyone and now it's like these people are people that like are either my friends or like people that I've interacted with in person. Like, I don't know. Melee is crazy.
0: Yes. There is a dangerous amount of accessibility to some of these players where it's maybe not necessarily the most helpful or sorry, healthy thing ever, but that's, you got to take the good with the bad it's also really cool that you can get to these people if you if you do the the necessary steps because it's not like you can just knock on their door and then go from there you have to you have to do a little bit of wiggling to get to top players but the point is is that it's possible and it's 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 so different from most communities where some top players are just downright impossible to reach or in your case voice acting it's union stuff like it so cool to work with these people uh, ah yeah i'm like very solidly behind or below this 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 line that cannot be penetrated you gotta punch through that ceiling with whatever it might be a director who brings you along the union the whatever i don't know the ins and outs of breaking it through to the next level of voice acting for you but you know what that line is and you know how hard it is to cross it
1: yeah it's um it's definitely something that i've been thinking about like how do i get past that point I think in my, like, so currently I'm a sophomore in college. I think once I hit, like, junior year, higher senior year, I'm going to probably take, like, a pretty substantial break from all of my other hobbies and focus solely on getting as many gigs as humanly possible in voice acting to hopefully get one that's uh, a SAG-AFTRA qualification, which is Screen Actors Guild. Oh, shoot. Uh, SAG-AFTRA, what is it? Shoot, Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Um, basically, you have to have a certain level of um, like credit to like your like you know, like yourself in order to uh, apply to be a member of SAG-AFTRA. But like, my goal is to hopefully hit SAG-AFTRA union status by the time I graduate college.
0: Nice. Well, good for you. I hope that you're able to do that.
1: I. I think Melee gave me the confidence that if I set my mind to something and give myself enough time, I can, like, get to a point where I'm, like, proud of myself. Yes. Like, I don't want to say anything before the PR comes out, but I would not be surprised if I was power-ranked in Maryland during this, like, BMW PR season. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, there's Bones, there's Prometheus, there's Eve, but, like, I could see myself being top five. And thinking about the fact that I'm, like, top five and like, what can – be considered, like, the Maryland region. If you're in Maryland and you're not going to BMW, what's wrong with you? Um, support
0: your local TOs. Let's support, go,
1: Neil. Support your local seed. Um, but, like, the fact that I could possibly consider myself to be, like, top 5, top 10 in, like, my state is, like, oh, my gosh. I did that. And it's, like, Melee is something that I love and I don't see myself ever not, like, stopping playing it. Um but it's something that I know, like, I'm never gonna be a mook I'm never gonna be a Hungry Box. But I've taught, I've like learned from Melee that I can be a Max Middleman in voice acting. I can be a Kyle McCarley. I can be a J. Michael Tatum if I put my mind to it. If I do the equivalent of five and a half hours of like practicing my tech chases, but instead it's five hours of sitting in my hot freaking booth uh, back mm. at home doing auditions all day, you know? And it's like, People need to realize that more. If you give yourself enough time and you really put yourself to something, you can do great things.
0: Or you could just produce almost 200 episodes of a podcast, Balling in Obscurity. And that's what we do here at the Bomb of Smash Mountain.
1: No, but you see, when you hit, like, I genuinely think, like, even with this podcast, it doesn't matter, like, how many, like, views it gets or how popular it is. The fact is, you've made 200 episodes of a podcast about the Melee community, and that is absolutely insane that's awesome like you have a whole catalog of things that you can go to and say like i did that um and and it's the same thing with anything that people decide to to pursue i mean i think it's really funny i'm kind of my three main hobbies are melee voice acting skateboarding and obviously voice acting i want to you know take it to a profession but right now it's not my job um, but each of those I'm at very different levels. With melee, I would say I'm like hitting more um, you know, that that higher level, like not top level, but definitely high level. When you're a local right? PR player, you're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With voice acting, you know, I have a coach, I have a lot of contacts and networks in the community. I've been taking workshops and master classes with like people who are kind of like that highest echelon of tier. But I'm still someone who gets non-union gigs, who gets paid like 50 bucks for a two-hour recording session, which is absolutely asinine. I need more than that. Um, And then at the very bottom, we have skateboarding, which my friend Flip got me into. And in that, I just learned how to ollie, which is like the most basic fundamental trick of skateboarding, right? And it's like, in one, I'm an expert, in one, I'm an intermediate, and in one, I'm a complete fucking beginner, right? But – um. I'm gonna be honest, I kind of forgot where I was going with this. You
0: just put yourself to something, and you're gonna to start to be better. You're gonna to start to feel growth. Yeah. You're going to get to a, sp- a spot where you look back and go, "Wait, I've I've improved. I've gotten better. I'm now able to do union gigs, or I'm now able to do a kickflip. I'm now able to beat someone like a like a, like you're able to beat none in bracket at maybe the next pound in 2023. Maybe who knows? Who Actually, knows what a- seven
1: could do? I have a clip on none in my combo video, which I think is so funny. Mm, let's go. <laughs> I hit him with like... I forgot what the start of the combo was, but I remember he was playing Ganon, and I hit him with Battlefield. I did reverse Needle turnaround, falling back air to catch his up B, and then Needle cancel, forward aired, um, hit him against the wall, and stage spiked him.
0: Very nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if y'all want to check out that video, I put... A lot of effort into I was super proud of the Link me very, so very, I
0: can put in the description anyway. of this here podcast. Link me, link me, link me.
1: Yep, I got you. Here, Thank let me, you. Let me send it your way. Dun, dun,
0: dun, dun. We are starting to get up against it in terms of time. And I want to be respectful of that because you are getting less than $50. Okay. No dollars. So let me go ahead and <laughs> roll out the red carpet for you. We, we have talked a little bit about how you're doing all these things, but where can the people find you? Where can they get based seven, you know, out there in the, in the social media world or our YouTube channel, that kind of thing. And then any closing thoughts that you have that kind of stuff
1: um okay so you can find me at a few places um my biggest is going to be my twitter that's going to be 7mmg um you can find me on instagram as my middle name so it's going to be underscore Brigliodoro underscore uh b-r-i-g-l-i-a-d-o-r-o um you can find me on twitch occasionally i do stream i used to be a lot more frequent it's something i'm hoping to get back into you can find me at 7ssbm um and then last but not least if you're looking for anything else that I probably have and didn't specify, um, you can find me at my card. I made a uh, voice acting kind of just a website where people can find anything that uh, relates to me. So you can find my Twitter, Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, uh, Casting Call Club, which is where, you know, voice actors are like uh, intermediate voice actors kind of audition for nice. you know, on union gigs. And you can even find my email if you want to send me something. <laughs> go for it as long as it's not like my address <laughs> the, the uh the
0: uh, the website actually would be great it's sort of like i have a link tree which is not a website i'm just like i just link tree just do that just do that you'll see anything you want to see there
1: oh yeah no it's, it's a it's a it's a card you know card like c-a-r-r-d i
0: um, would be interested in checking that out because if that's a little bit spiffier than a linked tree then maybe i'll do that instead of a link tree
1: I just sent you it in DM. So feel free to check it out.
0: Hooray, hooray. I will do that. And it'll be linked in the description of this here podcast. For those of you who missed this live on twitch.tv slash cypher0033, <laughs> then you can listen to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or essentially any podcasting platform except Stitcher because Stitcher Premium sucks. What about YouTube? If you want to watch us talking, I, I, don't, I don't understand people who do this, but if you watch this entire thing instead of doing anything else literally then good for you and you can find us there on the you know the youtube just look up bottom of smash mountain or check out the link tree something something cypher 003 you get it and that's where you can find me we're going to be moving on to episode 200 in a couple of weeks i'm very excited for that i will try not to preview that super hard but it's something that's a little bit more personal so while before i was looking for a big guest which is happening just not for episode 200 i'm looking forward to sharing both of those episodes with you but for now you're going to get to finish up here and check out all the things that seven is doing and joining me in rooting for them as we're hoping that Seven takes over the voice acting world and is able to do more than an Ali in the near future. And finally, and finally, be able to take some names at, at a big tournament or just a BMW local. Shout outs to Neil. And thank you all for joining me on another episode of Bottom of Smash Mountain. For you Seven, uh, say goodbye, but also stick around after the outro is done because we're going to do a thumbnail pose, okay?
1: Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you to everybody for watching this. I really appreciate you guys letting me tell my story and the things that I care about. You all are great.